Hey guys, welcome back to No Fate, the Terminator podcast, where we talk about all things Terminator. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michael Petty, and with me here is Tanner Radwick, and it is 2022. Tanner, we've been doing this for a year now. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's flown by, yeah. <laughs> it's It's been really, really fun to talk about Terminator, and to talk about the movies, and the show, and all the other things in between. Last year was really cool. Um, we got to talk about a lot of different things. We got to be involved in a lot of different online conversations. And I think that's a really neat thing to reflect on. I mean, we just did this for fun. We didn't do this because we were looking for an audience or looking for anybody to share with us exactly. We just wanted to talk about it. These are conversations you and I have regardless of doing the podcast or not. So we just started podcasting about it. <laughs> right. And I don't know if it's because we've been paying attention to Terminator content because of the podcast or if there's just been a resurgence in interest in Terminator. But yeah. to me, it almost seems like there's been a resurgence in interest, honestly, lately. Yeah. There's been a lot for us to talk about and a lot of content, even outside of the movies and the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which we've been covering. Yeah, I totally agree. I, th I think it's really interesting. This past year, this past fall, I actually had the opportunity to work with the website Collider. And Collider is a pop culture site. They talk about movies, TV, video games, any and everything. And I write feature articles for them every week. And because of some of the Terminator news and stuff that we've been talking about lately and because of some of the fan presence regarding Terminator and how much how many people have been excited about the franchise again for whatever reasons they've actually let me write two pieces so far on Terminator and one of them is basically based off of conversations that you and I have had um, called Terminator how horror can reignite the franchise and that one was really great it did really really well on the website over I think almost uh, 20,000 views something like that which is yeah uh, which is pretty good <laughs> it's it's certainly not bad yeah. and that's that's not to toot our own horn or anything like that it's just it's cool to see people really excited and invested in this franchise again and likewise similarly I got to do a piece not long after that on why now is the time to revisit the Sarah Connor Chronicles. And that piece did very mm -hmm. well also. Um, it, it, I think it did about half that, so about ten, a little over 10,000. And that is just based on our conversations here, just talking about the Sarah Connor Chronicles and just trying to get people to watch it. So if you can't get people to listen to this show to convince them to watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles, send them that article. You can find both those articles in our show notes. Just send that their way and, and see if that does it because it's a great show and it's really cool that people are just now willing to go back to it and look at it with fresh eyes. But the horror article I was really excited about because I got to compare it to the recent success in the Scream and Halloween franchises and how reigniting mm -hmm. those franchises, basically all they had to do was go back to the original and they went back to... Uh, the original, instead of all the sequels, instead of getting bogged down and all that, they went back to where it started and went from there. And that's something that you and I, Tanner, have proposed that Terminator should do is go back to the first film rather than what all the sequels do in going back to the second. Right, exactly. And it's one of those things where, you know, what, what once was old is new again. Some of these things just sure. 
come around and i think we're kind of having that right now with the terminator franchise and i think it's content that's um that's still relevant today and maybe even more so relevant today ahead of its time Mm -hmm. um there's so much interest in shows like black mirror and uh things that get people thinking in a similar way and a lot of ai talk and everything else and we we have so much media now not only podcasts but youtube content and everything else where we're seeing a lot of people kind of revisit older works that are still relevant today and praise them because we're kind of uh everything's everything that comes out that's modern and new is so uniform in in what it's like it's it's refreshing to go back to these older films and see something from a different era that still works today um, yeah. And it's kind of a breath of fresh air, especially when things like uh, like Disney just they own everything so that everything is kind of cookie cutter and starting to feel the same. So I think people are are hungry for something new and you kind of have to go to the old thing sometimes to get that. And I think uh, we're starting to get some new generations that are rediscovering that or discovering it for the first time as well. Um, so it's a fun time to talk about it and it's, it's a good time for the, the world to get bigger and for them to create new content for it as well. Yeah. I think, um, something we've talked about is our theories for what a film like that could look like. And you and I have talked about that off air, but I wanted to talk a little bit about our theories, uh, the, the couple of different, uh, ways we've looked at this of how Terminator could go back to the horror roots while still falling within the same continuity as the first two films. So not disregarding the second film, because Mm -hmm. obviously we believe it's the greatest action film of all time. Like we wouldn't want to discount that or tread over that, but going back to what made the original great. And for us, we thought that maybe a really good idea would be to do something like seeing an older John Connor, maybe even played by Edward Furlong again, who has been away from the game for so long, Judgment Day has come and gone and nothing happened. And he's a John Connor who is purposeless, who didn't didn't become the leader of the human resistance, even though he can definitely take care of himself and he can still fight and all of that. And maybe he even has his own family who could represent the next generation, but he he missed it. And in all of that, there was a Terminator that came back into the past that somehow they missed and after first after so long it reactivates and comes after him again and it's not that there's a threat looming from the future but it's the threat of his past and so it's this idea of flipping the script on its head a little bit where yes it came from a future but not the future not the one that they've set meaning what they did in t2 still worked it still defeated skynet that's an idea we've talked about and thrown around that I think would be really cool. Mm-hmm. We've also talked about something very similar with Sarah in that role and her and John having to fight through that together, maybe even trying to fix their own fractured relationship as this young Arnold Terminator is coming at them or an old Arnold Terminator. You know, we could explain it as it aged during that time. But um, but I think those are really interesting ways to kind of mirror what they've done with Scream and with Halloween, where you can put in the old characters and make them vital to the success of the story while still bringing in new characters, maybe Sarah's grandchild, you know, John's daughter or son or whoever could be the next generation and kind of throw that in there too. Because I I think at this point with old franchises like that, you kind of need both. 
you need these original characters, but you also need new characters. And you have movies like the sequel Star Wars trilogy where that's really frustrating at times, where sometimes, you know, in like Force Awakens, there's like so much potential for these characters. But then by the end of it, they kind of get rid of all that potential. And in the meantime, they kind of do things with the original characters you don't like. And I think we saw that in Dark Fate, but I think this would be a way to get around that. What what were uh, your thoughts on all of that, Tanner? What were your theories about how we could revive the Terminator franchise with a horror uh, element to it? Well, and when you brought it up, I had so much fun launching off of this base that you had kind of touched on, which I think may be involved even... Uh, Unbeknownst to Sarah and Kyle, there was a second Terminator that was sent back to the 1984 timeline. Mm -hmm. And maybe something happened upon arrival to where it either had to shut down or power down or, you know, it was stuck in this limbo and undisturbed for X amount of time. It gets reawakened, which would kind of allow for the the aging skin of Arnold Schwarzenegger to fill that role again as well. We talked about that. Yeah, where you could be a villain, right? He wouldn't right. be a hero like we've seen so many times. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about that is uh, the premise there would be that the events of the future were stopped by blowing up Cyberdyne and T2. So yeah. the future is safe. However, this bad Terminator that is suddenly awakened with the goal of killing Sarah Connor at that point, because John wouldn't have been born yet in its mind as it reboots. Yep. What's interesting about that is it would bring the stakes down a little bit, in a sense, compared to the other movies where there's this grand scale of having to save the future of humanity. Whereas in this, it kind of turns it more into just a straight-up survival uh, horror film of being chased by a Michael Myers-esque, you know, mindless killer at that point. It'd It'd be very personal. It would. It would. And we were talking about where we might see Sarah, where we might see John. You can see some uh, some um, comparisons to, um, what is it, Laurie Strode's character? Yeah, Laurie Strode. yeah in the 2018 yeah. Halloween. Right. Maybe we see Sarah just paranoid of what could still potentially come back from the future. Sure. Because that's just such a big question mark. Her and John, you know. You and I had discussed even maybe... Uh, <laughs> they would have been they would have been domestic terrorists after the events of T2. Maybe they even served their time for a long time. Mm. Maybe they're out or maybe they have their forced to live in Mexico. I don't know. Right. Maybe that's where they carried out the rest of their lives. Yeah, maybe we're but not in even case, in America. Maybe we're in Mexico the whole time. It could be, which you would have to explain how the Terminator ends up finding her down there. Um and LA, LA isn't that far. Be, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But uh, no, it's fun. It's fun to think about. I think one of the funnest things talking about it with you was was the idea that, you know, in any case, their lives would be so changed from the course that they thought they had to go through. Right. They were kind of prepping for this future that never ended up happening. Yeah. So when that's when you're when your whole life is based on preparing for something that doesn't happen, you're left in this limbo spot of not knowing where to go from there and also not knowing if you should still be on edge about a potential threat that could come back because time travel allows for that right exactly so 
I guess the feeling of never being able to live a normal life, which are theme, themes that we get to see for Sarah and John in the Sarah Connor Chronicles as they dive deeper into those characters, this movie would allow to flesh that out a little bit in showing that they're stuck, you know, they're kind of stuck in this life that's just certainly not normal and um, it's full of paranoia and pain. But, you know, this this would, of course, allow for some redemption there if and when they defeat this Terminator. It's it is a reminder to them that they that they kind of sacrifice their lives for uh, saving humanity from this horror that they end up facing. It, it makes it less pointless. And I think that's where you, their arc would have to be in this film, whether it was just about John and Sarah's dead now, or if it's about both of them and they're both still alive and they're both reeling from the events of T2 and, and having to have served their time and all of that. That that has to be the question that they grapple with, right? Is was it all worth it? What Was anything we did worth anything? Did we get Miles Dyson killed and take away these kids' father for nothing? You know, did we bl- serve our time for nothing? Did we be- ruin our lives for nothing? And that would be the question you would have to answer in the movie. And again, it, it would be something where you would make this film not expecting, hoping, or with any desire to necessarily start up the franchise again. I think that was a huge issue the last two films had, is they had these planned trilogies in their head when they jumped into the first film but this you would have to do exactly what they did with the new scream uh, which i actually saw recently and it's really good and the reason it's really good is because it honors the original film while creating a new cast of characters and ends the story you don't need more after Mm -hmm. that if there is more great we have new characters we can follow but it can be done and i think that is something that dark fate didn't do and Genesis obviously didn't do. And I don't think has been done since arguably T2. And I, I guess you could argue Salvation, but even Salvation thought they were going to get sequels. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to be said about making a standalone Terminator horror movie that continues the story from Terminator 2, but doesn't attempt, doesn't try, doesn't need to go any further than that. Because I think that would be a complete trilogy. I think that would really round it out. We've also talked about how the third film, you know, and, and we've talked about this on air before, but how the third film could be a horror story set in the future with Kyle as a young kid getting eventually sent back in time and rounding out the trilogy as he sent back to 1984. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be a really cool way to do it as well. And then, and then at that point you could assume, hey, in T2 they really did stop Skynet and that was it. And maybe even at the end of the movie, you see the future change, like you visually see it because of him going back and all those events and stuff. But but yeah, I think there's a lot you could do. I definitely don't think the Terminator franchise is dead. I definitely don't think there's any... I, I, I really believe that there's hope. You know, I really believe that there's hope for it. And there's no faith but what we make for ourselves. So, Hollywood producers, if you want this movie... We will write it for you, or at the very least, work with the people who want to write it for you, because clearly we know what we're talking about, and nobody else in Hollywood who's (laughs) writing these movies seems to. And I think that honestly stems from a lack of genuine love and connection to each of the characters. I think a lot of people really love Sarah Connor, or a lot of people love John Connor. I think a lot of people have a hard time loving both, and I don't know why that is, but it just seems to be the case when you watch these movies. 
Or they just love Arnold as the Terminator, and they're like, we just want another action movie where he's the good guy blowing things up. And it's like, that's never what it was about. You missed the point. (laughs) Well, and what maybe should have just been a trope in two became the mainstream. Yeah, exactly. And maybe maybe ruined that. Exactly. Um, He was so good as the villain. It made it fun in two, but someone I watched and introduced these this series with recently, they actually said, I don't know, he just becomes the good guy? Like, they weren't <laughs> into it, because, they, amazingly, weren't into two, which everyone loves. That's But they were kind of like, they liked one more, because they felt like him becoming the good guy kind of took away from that, which was actually Arnold's biggest fear in doing that. And it was right. a big risk at the time, but... And I would say the risk paid off. Like, honestly, if, if it had gone differently, I don't know if Terminator would have been as successful of a franchise. Um, right. Because I think he is so much of what makes two successful. And I'm not saying that it's bad yeah. to have him as a good guy. I think that's great in most of the movies he's a good guy in. Um, when we talk about Terminator, I think there's very few of those where I actually actively dislike his Terminator character. <clears throat> but... I do think that it takes away something from the human characters and not only makes them seemingly less vulnerable, but also kind of takes away this looming threat that, oh, at any minute, this machine could snap and try and kill me, which is something I think the third film handles very well. Um, And the Sarah Connor Chronicles also handles very well um, that the the other films don't really touch on again. So, um, especially Dark Fate. I think on a similar note to that, um, what I thought was really interesting, you sent me a poll from IGN talking about, aside from one and two, which everyone loves, what is the best Terminator film? Mm -hmm. And in that poll, they they put Terminator Salvation. What's interesting about that to me is that's the one that Arnold was not in. Right, technically. Right? Technically, other than his likeness. Um, So it's just really interesting going to show how that movie's aged in doing something different with the franchise that's become so beloved. Yep. And, of course, that was a lot of people's complaint forever was, oh, that's salvation. That's Arnold's not in it, you know? (laughs) Right. But I think as it's aged and as we've gotten more of the same, that one has started to really stand out. Yeah. Um, I also which I actually think, agree with. The more I, also, I watch it, the more I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think also a reason why people now can look back on Salvation and appreciate it in that way, whereas they couldn't 10 years ago, I think it's largely because we've moved away from being a, a culture that consumes movie stars in the same way that we used to. Um, I think... Mm. A lot of times, people used to go to movies because a certain star was in it. I think that was a huge appeal. And Arnold was one of those stars. People would go see Arnold comedies because, oh, it's Arnold. I know what I'm going to get. It's the same thing, you know? Sure. And I think the same was true with his action movies and so on and so forth. And now, I think that's less true. I think franchises are the new stars. And I think as long as the franchise says, Fast and Furious, Star Wars you know, Star Trek, this or that, whatever you want to put on there, Marvel, 
as long as it says Marvel Studios above the title, people are going to go yeah. see it no matter who the leading man is. And if the leading man is someone great or woman is someone great, awesome. They're excited about that. But it, it, it isn't uh, it doesn't matter either way. It doesn't matter. What matters is the brand. And I think now that people can look back on films like the Terminator films and see that the brand mattered more than who was the star. Also, like Christian Bale is the star of that movie. Like Christian Bale. Everyone loves Christian Bale. Christian Bale's great. And so I think they can look back now and be like, oh, that was actually really interesting. That was actually really good. And you're right. A huge part of it is it's different and feels different actively from the rest of the franchise. I obviously disagree with the list a little bit. Not not the salvation part necessarily. I think I think you guys might be right. I think that might be the best one. Um but I would say Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines is definitely better than Dark Fate. I think so. It's amazing how close that is. I thought that was interesting as well. Um yeah. they have uh what is this here? They have Rise of the Machines at 25.7% and 26.8% was Dark Fate, so it just barely squeaked by there. Right, and that said, like, Terminator Salvation, 38.5% of people voted for that one, which is a lot compared to the other two. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, the more I watch these, the more I really appreciate what Salvation did. Now, I think that movie also has some really, really, really big flaws, and you and I have talked about how it starts out so good, and then it just kind of like, what whereas it just loses you somehow there's this point kind of like a little over halfway i think it just kind of like drops off and it's really frustrating but there's so much good in that but then it picks up so close to be it does pick up towards the end but it was so close to being so much better (laughs) (laughs) and then Um, obviously genesis is at nine percent it's the uh the least voted for film which makes sense um i'm surprised it got nine percent honestly me too like who in their right mind voted terminator genesis was the best terminator sequel after t2 it's so bad (laughs) it's so (laughs) bad and if they voted for that they must really hate the other ones they must really love marvel movies yeah that's like like that's why they love action comedies that's why you voted for that one right like they love they love parodies of a genre, is what. It is. <laughs> if you that voted movie was on this, itself. if you voted on this IGN poll that says what's the best Terminator film besides the Terminator and Terminator Two Judgment Day, and you voted for Genesis, let us know why. We really, really want to know. We're not judging, but what's wrong with you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Um, it's underrated. Being, Everyone forgets yeah, about it. You and I have talked about that for sure. And for a long time, I would have said that I liked that one more than Salvation. I think I like Salvation more now just for being so different. The last time I watched 3, I was so frustrated at this is just trying to be 2 again. And it's kind of a pointless story in a way. Yeah. Um. But I think John really has a good arc in that movie. I think that is, for me, what makes it stand out, is that I think that's the only movie where John has a genuinely really good arc. The only other thing I can think of that comes close is the Sarah Connor Chronicles. 
the John is such a believable transition from John in T2 for me as well. And Nick Stahl just came back in the limelight. What did he do recently? He just came out and basically talked about why he wasn't acting for a lot of years. And they did this big expose piece on him and in the Hollywood Reporter, all about his addiction and all that stuff. It like just came out a couple months ago. So they've been talking oh. about him and they mentioned Terminator three in the article. Um, so that's mm-hmm. a, another thing that's kept Terminator in the news lately, which is really interesting. Didn't we'll, know that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I'll send it to you. We'll put it in the show notes as well. But anyway, I I don't know. I think Terminator 3 is really good. I think it's really underrated. I think Nick Stahl is a fantastic John Connor, and it's a real shame that he didn't come back for the sequel, uh, which was Salvation. But I am very happy with Christian Bale and his performance in that movie. So it's it's hard to complain about that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, comparing it with Dark Fate, I think... The, I was pretty happy with some of the things I saw in Dark Fate. It's just... It's so <laughs> disrespectful <laughs> to what came before it that it's hard to like that one more than Terminator 3. It's true. Because I don't think Terminator 3 is necessarily disrespectful. I think the only way it borders that is with how it treats Judgment Day as being inevitable. I think that's the only thing you could argue is semi-disrespectful. And even that, I would say all of the Terminator films post that make the same claim. So it's nothing the other ones didn't do. I think the only other thing that's maybe borders that disrespectful part of it is Terminator 3 does start to make fun of itself a little bit, which is one of the reasons we criticize Terminator Genesis so much. But Terminator 3, it certainly does uh, give a lot of humor and a lot of throwback to the previous movies, which is fine. I get it. That's a choice. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't take the movies quite this seriously, but at the same time, some but of it I is do. a little cringy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also I do, and you should as well. <laughs> That's how I fi- I just wrote a piece for Collider about the new show Superman and Lois, which airs on the CW, and uh, my wife and I re- really love it. It's, it's really good, um, and it's really cool. It's a really grounded character study type of series where it really dives into Clark Kent, Lois Lane and their two young teenage sons. So it's about like their family dynamic. It's very much like Friday night lights meets superhero kind of thing. And one of the things I wrote about in the piece about how it's so different than the other superhero shows on the CW is that it doesn't make fun of itself. It isn't like a parody of itself or like a power Rangers episode where it's all about like this really not well done action sequence um it's 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 actually the opposite it's very cinematic it feels cinematic it's shot that way the effects budget is insane um and they have small tight 15 episode stories that really carry the whole show and weave into their character arcs and such and one of the things i pointed out is that the show itself actively takes itself seriously um it isn't Mm. trying to throw in pop culture references all the time it isn't spitting out scientific mumbo jumbo it isn't making jokes every other second it's taking these characters and their struggles and their grief and all these things very seriously and Mm -hmm. that's something that i think um some of the terminator films do very well and others 
do not. And I'm not saying that there isn't room for humor. And in Superman and Lois, I'm not even saying there isn't room for humor. There's there's a lot of that. There's a lot of nice family moments in that. In Terminator, there's a lot of levity. There's there's moments in T2 where the Terminator makes a joke because he doesn't really know what a joke is. And so he's trying to assimilate and it's really funny and it works. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that that isn't needed or necessary, but there's a severity to it. There's a, there's an yeah. element of what we're doing really, really matters and it's life or death. And that's something that, um, that a lot of the Terminator films, especially like Genesis, for example, just don't do. They can't, they can't. And I think T3, kind of borders the line i think compared to t2 it's a lot worse in terms of that but then you compare it to like genesis or even dark fate at times and you're like oh it's not that bad yeah 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 well and 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 the with the direction of where disney's been going with uh i would say what started with pirates of the caribbean and then went sure. to the avengers and now star wars sure that's become such a mainstream thing's for movies now that I think studios just say, Hey, this works. Let's make sure we write it this way to kind of keep the audience, you know, giving a, giving a chuckle here now and then. But then you have something like Dune that does super well is super critically acclaimed. People love it. And it hasn't, I mean, there's moments of levity and there's jokes at times, but it, it's not like that. And so I don't know. And you know, I didn't, uh, unpopular opinion. I didn't love Dune, but it was good, and I'm interested in the next one. And I love films like that in general. I'd say Lord of the Rings does a really good job of balancing humor at times with the severity yes. of what's going on, and it takes the source material seriously. And that was my point in the Superman and Lois article, and that was my point in the Terminator horror article as well, is that this needs to be taken seriously, not because we're fanboys yelling about how our beloved treasure-ish... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> needs to be taken seriously. No, I don't. I don't care about that. I just want the story to take itself seriously because that's what good stories do. And I would say I'm glad you brought up Lord of the Rings too, because thinking about the humor in that movie, especially like with Pippin and Mary and things like that, sure, the humor comes out naturally and genuinely, right? As opposed to coming out in a self-aware way. Yes, that especially these new Star Wars movies are doing. Yeah, things are getting too meta. Like, meta's good, meta works. Like, Scream does meta super well, but the franchise was built on that. You know, you you go back to phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and not all the movies are like that. And that was good and okay, and now you go to any of the Marvel shows or movies, and they're all like that. (laughs) Exactly. So... I, and I'm not saying it's not it's not good. I, I like the vast majority of things that Marvel puts out. There's very few things I actively dislike. It, I, I don't have an issue with it necessarily. But there there's an element to storytelling in general that needs to be taken seriously. If they had done that with Daredevil and the Punisher on Netflix, mm-hmm. it would not have worked as well. And yet those mm-hmm. characters still w- exist within the MCU. So you just need to know when it's in when you need it and when you don't spider-man no way home we won't spoil it here don't worry but the end of that movie does a really good job balancing the serious severity of the situation with humor at times and that's okay because that's spider-man that works that's Mm -hmm. that's that's what we expect from spider-man that's not what we should expect from terminator terminator was not that way in the beginning 
James Cameron didn't make Terminator that way. There are times, sure, but remember, John Connor's 10. Of course he's going to react that way to the situation he's in. A 20-year-old, 30-year-old, 50-year-old John Connor, not going to act that same way. So, anyway, we can get off our soapbox about that, but... (laughs) But those are our thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'd agree. Um... There's another really big thing we wanted to talk about, and recently I was asked to be on a podcast called The Disputed Podcast to argue on the side of Sarah Connor versus Ellen Ripley, and I have to be honest, my opponent was really tough. He went for all the low blows when it came to (laughs) Sarah Connor, and it was fair, but it was a really, really exciting time. I, we got to do the debate live. Tanner, you got to watch. You actually were a part of it in the chat, which was really cool. And the the good news is, is Sarah Connor won. We were really excited to hear that Sarah Connor won. You know, we argued adequately enough. Tanner, you and I prepared for days before the, uh, the debate leading up to it. And by the time ah. it aired, um, I was ready to go. And so <clears throat> I wanted to talk a little bit about that from your perspective. How do you think it went? Where do you think um, Ellen Ripley actually is superior to Sarah? Where do you think uh, Sarah is superior to Ripley? How do you think the debate itself went? And were you happy with the results? What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess to start with the beginning, uh, the funniest part for me, when you first texted me about this, that we had an opportunity to do this, um, I was very, very nervous to have to represent Sarah compared to Ripley. <laughs> you and I talked about this because just our initial thoughts, because I think the premise is, right, it's it's uh, who would you rather have protect you was the premise. And I started thinking about that and just thinking about how level-headed Ripley is in comparison to some of the states that we see Sarah in and how, sure. <laughs> how she can, she can, she can be a lot. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and even have to be reined back in by her 10 year old son. Right. Yep. Um, I kind of told you, I was like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. But man, I might pick Ripley if I had to choose. <laughs> and you, you kind of felt the same way, but you also reminded me, Hey, let's, let's talk about it deeper. I think there's some really strong cases for Sarah and when you and I came up with a game plan for it, I think, yeah, I, it, I definitely switched over personally. I was when when you and I were able to talk it through and really come up with all the advantages versus disadvantages. Yeah, Sarah makes a lot of sense in that specific uh, regard of having someone protect you, which is Sarah's whole thing. Yeah. Um, watching the debate was really fun, uh, especially after preparing with you for so long. Um, of course, when you prepare for something like that, you have to anticipate all the attacks that are going to come from the other side, which we love Ellen Ripley. So of course we can argue from that side as well, right? Sure. So we understand, um, those movies really well and her character really well. And who doesn't love Ellen Ripley? So being able to kind of think of some of the arguments that would come that way, both pro Ellen as well as anti Sarah was a big help. (laughs) It was really funny watching the, watching it live and hearing our opponent talk about certain things. And I knew that you and I had already discussed those things and (laughs) our response to them. Yeah. You were just texting Um, me at times. (laughs) 
was texting you quite a bit. My palms were sweaty. I was, <laughs> Dude, I was me very too. nervous. <laughs> yeah, but it was a lot of fun too. No, I had a lot of fun. It's it's a really fun topic to discuss, and more than anything, I'm just so happy that there's enough interest in these movies still after all this time to where we can have these kind of discussions together. I'm happy that there's passionate fans um, to have these talks uh, like you and I have done for years now. So yeah. it was just a super good time. Tell me what was what it was like being in front of the camera, having to actually think on the spot. Oh and my respond gosh! To these things. <laughs> well, it was hard because I was super prepared. You and I, we wrote an opening statement that mm-hmm. I think was super good, super adequate, really competent. Um, displayed all of the best of Sarah Connor as best as we knew how to talk about it. And <laughs> when it came down to it, I said all that. And then it was uh, <laughs> and it was Ryan's turn to talk, and then it was mine again, and I was like, "Oh crap, what do I say?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I was like, "I feel like I just played all of my cards, but I, I you know, I didn't, and we were prepared, and and you had been texting me and and reminding me about things, and I had a big list of notes that we had come up with, and that was really helpful. To be honest, it was kind of overwhelming, you know, it was it was kind of scary because we were live, and there were people who could have been watching and, you know, people were commenting while you were commenting and that, that was just really nerve wracking. Not to mention the two hosts of the disputed podcast were kind of listening as well. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I am basically presenting my argument to three different people that I hardly know. And then the rest of the world on top of that. And so that was a little nerve wracking, but I think, um, I think overall we just had such a solid case that at the end of the day, I wasn't really worried. And even if we had lost, I, kn- I knew that we put our best foot forward and that was all we could really hope for. So that those were kind of my thoughts on it. When we won, I was shocked at how close it was. Um, I was too. Because it was it was very close, I think. And, and, and just so the audience knows, the, the way that you win is people who watch the debate or fans of the characters, because let's be honest, a lot of people voting probably just saw the poll and they were like, oh, I'm going to vote. Um, it's all it's all based on, on uh, fan participation. So Sarah Connor won at 51% to Ellen Ripley's 49. And it was it was very, very close. So that was really cool to see. Really cool. And uh, something we didn't anticipate was how hard our opponent just came at Sarah as opposed to maybe just promoting how great Ellen Ripley is. <laughs> yeah, right. That, <laughs> which, that was the one weird way to thing. Do it. Yeah. 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 He yeah. kept it going for Sarah, especially her drinking. That... Yeah. <laughs> which I was like, al- Sarah isn't really an alcoholic, just maybe in one movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. He focused a lot on Dark Fate. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> um, which we kind of talked about. That's going to be a thing, right? I mean, sure. And we talked about to be fair to the characters, you almost have to pick kind of their most comparable level playing field, which would be T two and Aliens, in our opinion. Right. And they're both great characters. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be upset. Well, if and they're Ellen so won. different. Yeah, you know they're, they're so very they're so different. They're both action heroes. They're both kick ass ladies, but they're but they're very different. 
and mm-hmm. arguing one over the other in terms of who's the better protector, that's a hard that's a hard argument um, because I think there's a lot of really good points for both. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I really do believe that we were in the right with Sarah Connor. I think yeah. there's just a lot more evidence, and I I think the reason for that is we have more than one timeline to pull from, and I think that really helps. And I think one of the things that really works in Sarah Connor's favor is that she defeats Skynet in certain timelines and she saves John in certain timelines, even if she might lose him in others. And that really works. And uh, anyway, the debate went really well. The hosts were really happy to have had us. They want us both to come back at some point, maybe to do some more Terminator versus Alien mashups, whether it's maybe like a Xenomorph versus a T-1000 or a T-800 or uh, Kyle Reese versus Hicks from Aliens and stuff like that. We've, we've talked about that. So we'll let you guys know in the future if, if that becomes a possibility. But it was just a really cool opportunity to plug our show and to just talk about and debate over characters that you and I both love, Tanner. I mean, we've both seen terminator movies and alien movies in the theater together you know we we love those characters mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah it was just it was just really cool to really dive into that we we live at a very in a very unique time and age where nerd culture is popular compared to when we were kids where i was bullied for liking comic books um <laughs> yeah versus <laughs> you know that combined with the fact that we live in this digital world uh, where we can do a podcast like this and we can guest on podcasts and be involved with people from all across the world. And you and I can do this from separate states and still have a really good time. And yeah, it's just it's just really neat. I, I, I do thank God for that. I think that's a really cool thing. And you had a line at the end of this debate that I, I, I never got to ask you about, but I meant to. Um, kind of your closing statement one of the last things you said was that Sarah uh, does not jump into the lava. She sends her enemies into it, referencing Ripley killing herself at the end of three yep. aliens three. Yep. Comparing that to um, Sarah defeating the T 1000 and T two. Yep. Uh, did you think of that on the spot or did you, did you have that written down? I, Cause I thought that was a really good zinger to end on. I did think of it on the spot. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, such a good ending statement. I loved it so much. I'm glad you remembered that because <laughs> I honestly forgot about that. And that might be the best line I've ever said in any debate ever in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember hearing that. And I was watching this with Claire live and I just started clapping. I was just so happy that you ended on that one because it was the perfect way to round that one out. <laughs> no, it was super good. It was super good. So we're, we're, uh, we're going to probably close this episode out, guys. We thank you for joining us again. We're really excited for this year. You know, 2022, we're going to be covering season two of the Sarah Connor Chronicles pretty pretty in-depth. We'll probably start that pretty soon within the next couple of weeks. And we're really excited to jump back into that show. We've also been talking with uh, Uncle Casey over at the YouTube channel T for Two, the Terminator 2 show. And maybe we'll have him on to talk about the greatest action movie of all time and all the memorabilia and paraphernalia that went along with that. Because that's a really cool thing. That channel is really awesome because it chronicles all of the history surrounding Terminator 2 specifically, um, which is a really cool thing. But before we go, we did get a message on our website from a fan, A.T. Johnston, who, Tanner, he's been he's talking about merch. He wants 100% cotton shirts or coffee mugs for no fate. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, I don't know. 
maybe uh, maybe that's going to be in our future if we get enough people interested. So if you're really interested in that, guys, let us know and maybe we can figure something out because that, that could be fun. That could be fun to have a No Fate podcast shirt. I'd like that. That would be fun. We get behind that. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. guys. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. And thank you so much for your support this past year. We, we could not uh, – well, we could have done it without you. But it would have been a little less fun because we wouldn't have gotten as many fan comments and stuff like that. And we really love hearing from you guys. We really love interacting with uh, with ter- other Terminator fans here on the show and talking about your theories and your thoughts on the franchise and discussing that. We could do whole episodes just about some of the stuff you guys send us. So thank you so much for that. We really appreciate it. Um, any of the articles I mentioned, whether it's the Collider pieces on how Terminator can be reignited through horror or why it's time to revisit the Sarah Connor Chronicles or that piece on Nick Stahl that I briefly mentioned from the Hollywood Reporter. We're going to put all that in the show notes, including the Sarah Connor versus Ellen Ripley debate. That will all be there for your enjoyment. So check all those things out if you haven't already. And until next time, guys, just remember. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Bye-bye.